If you haven't fallen in love with the Australian show Bluey yet, your homework from today is to go watch an episode or 50. I promise they're short. As a dad with three kids under the age of six, I am a bona fide super fan of this family of healer dogs. In part because I feel seen by them. They get me and they get my kids. One quick example from the episode when Bandit Healer, the dad, aka the big blue guy, takes his girls Bingo and Bluey to pick up Chinese takeout. But alas, the egg rolls aren't ready and what was supposed to be a quick errand turns into quite the ordeal. How many parents have been in this situation? Suddenly, the girls are thirsty, then one of the girls needs to pee, the Chinese food gets spilled and swarmed by birds, and then the girls want to take a shower in a random faucet. Bandit is just about to lose it when the restaurant worker gives him a fortune cookie, and the fortune inside reminds him about how fleeting childhood is. And he lets go of the frustration, embraces the chaos, and the girls get that outdoor shower. (laughs) This vignette encapsulates so much of what it can be like to be a dad, to be a leader, and to be someone striving to be both a better dad and better leader. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Mike McKenna. Our intention for the Behaviors podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus on hashtag dad life. Research and personal experience tells us that fatherhood changes our biology and psychology. We want to explore some themes gleaned from fatherhood that inform more effective, empathetic leadership practice, and how themes from workplace leadership can lead to parenting wins as well. We're grateful to have my friend Joey McMonigle, Chief Business Development Officer at Atomic Design, and more importantly, dad to a wonderful eight-year-old girl, as our guest today. Today on the show, we will explore the evolving roles for dads in caregiving that undoubtedly impacts men in leadership, the importance of play, why you need to do the work to improve at being a dad and being a leader, the benefits of boundaries, and how shifting your mindset around uncertainty can be powerfully freeing. Now, I think back to who I was as a person pre-kids, and I compare that to the post-kids me, and I notice a lot of positive differences of how I show up both at home and at work. Back then, I was so impatient. Now I surprise myself with how much more patient I can be, though it's truly always a work in practice or in progress. Uh, So Joey, I'm curious, what are some ways that you've changed since you've become a dad? Man, so many. But I think uh, first I'd like that little slip there, practice and progress. (laughs) It's both of those. It really is. Uh, You know, parenting fatherhood has taught me a lot about self-awareness or really brought that to the fore for me. Um, what I thought leadership of a family or of a, or in the workplace involved a lot of control. Um, and parenting is a daily reminder that I do not have we control. Are not in control. <laughs> <laughs> and in the workplace as well, there's very little I can do to create the perfect circumstance and scenario. The work I get to do and and can do isn't about how I respond and what I'm putting into the situation, not what comes out of it. And um, 
that connection with uh, with the people in my community, whether that's my family or my work team, that that is where I can do the work and um, not on trying to grip so tightly, you know? Yeah. Really, the only thing you do have control over is how you react, <laughs> yeah. not necessarily anything else oh, in those God. situations. If only that weren't true, but it yeah. is. <laughs> we know that research in, in psychology and biology tells us that dads do experience some important changes when they're expecting and then after their child is born. Um, there's strong evidence to show that during pregnancy, uh, testosterone levels actually go down. Um, and many researchers believe that's associated with greater levels of caregiving mm. to the mother. And then once the baby is born, uh, dad's interaction with infants can actually lead to quite a significant uh, increase in oxytocin, which mm. is a hormone that's really strongly correlated with, with connection and with yeah. soothing. Um, we also know that uh, dads can react to a baby's cry more quickly because of rising cortisol levels than a man who doesn't have a child. And then once the dad picks up that child, that cortisol level drops very quickly. And so they think there's this like positive feedback loop that's happening there mm. that again leads to greater levels of empathy and connection. Aside from what's happening within our bodies and our brains, we also know that there's been a big shift in the workplace, mm. right? So the amount of time that dads are spending caring for their children has gone up a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, this uh, stat is probably not one we should be cheering about, aside from the positive trend. But back in 1970, researchers were looking at the amount of time that dads spent with their children on what would be considered traditional child care you know, activities. And mm -hmm. then at that time, it was 25 minutes a day. What? 25. Um, then in 2010, wow. another group of researchers uh, looked at that same set of, of questions and that amount of time had increased to one hour. So hmm. still seems way too low, yeah. um, especially since we know that the women in our lives are carrying an unbalanced load, yeah. um, but it's 140% increase. So it's moving in the right direction. Okay. Um, and I think that's really interesting for us to think about. So the amount of time we're spending with the children is changing. The amount of households has absolutely increased where both parents are working. Or perhaps the mom is the primary one working and the dad is providing more care, which is the case in my family. Mm. Uh, we also know there's been an increase in the number of households where it's only a, a father at home. Um, and so there's been this evolution in what families look like, an evolution mm. in how uh, dads and moms are working and how dads and moms are both providing care for their children. And we also know from what I shared that the research tells us that we change mm -hmm. as men who become fathers. So there's so many directions we could take that. It's mm -hmm. a fascinating topic, but to put some parameters around it, Joey and I have decided to explore four areas that we've kind of seen in our own practice as both dads and leaders, uh, this positive change for how we engage with our kids, how we engage with our teams. Mm -hmm. I do want to just give a disclaimer here that we're not trying to be perceived as paternalistic, right? Mm -hmm. This is an idea mm -hmm. that, we do, are not viewing our colleagues or employees as children, but we're really focusing on ourselves developing useful skills and values-related behaviors that can lead to positive outcomes in relationships, whether those relationships are at home or at work. Yeah. So the first thing we want to dig into is this idea of doctor heal thyself. Hmm. This idea that we are capable of change, 
but we can only reap those changes if we're willing to do the hard work on examining our areas of improvement before we try to focus on others. Joey, can you think of a time you tried doing something differently with your daughter that also showed up in a different way of approaching something at work? Yeah, you know, as you talked about that doctor heal thyself, the first thing that comes to mind there is the idea of I have to regulate myself before I can do anything good for anybody else. Like you cannot give what you don't have. And uh, if your cup isn't full in some way, you really can't pour it out for someone else. So, mm-hmm. you know, on the home front, when my daughter is being a very, you know, air quotes, typical child and having her priorities not align with mine, for example. <laughs> I cannot believe that. Happens. If you can believe it. Uh, <laughs> And I get frustrated or I'm tired or I'm hungry. You know, those things will show up in my, the way I respond. And so taking that moment of pause and recognizing that uh, I need to regulate my own emotions, my own response before I can show up and expect this kid to regulate herself. Right. Um, and the same thing, I think, comes true in the workplace. And not that I'm trying to help some colleagues regulate their emotions necessarily, but working through a hard you know, a conflict or working through a hard struggle or a problem at work, if I'm not in a place where I can take a deep breath and calmly approach a situation, whether that's a conflict with a client or an internal thing at work, um, if I can't take a pause and if I show up loaded with all sorts of uh, triggering kind of responses mm-hmm. or, or triggered responses in me that are about... Um, I need to like fight for this or I need to like make sure that someone else loses for me to win or mm-hmm. any of those kinds of sort of mental states then it's not going to go well. And I can see that playing out equally with my eight year old as I can with anybody of any age at work. It's really about how I'm showing up to the that conversation. Right. This idea that your emotions are contagious and you can see. Yeah that it's maybe spreading to your daughter's reaction or it's spreading to your colleague's reaction or perhaps your colleague's reaction is spreading to you. But Mm -hmm. you're taking that pause Mm. to try to reset so that you're bringing essentially your your whole brain to the conversation and not just more the the reptile part of our brains. Yeah, absolutely. And taking a moment really to notice what I'm feeling, which is its own sort of journey Mm -hmm. uh, and not one that we're perhaps taught a ton about um, as leaders, right? You know, leadership doesn't often, like in the traditional sense, maybe spend a lot of time thinking about being vulnerable and feeling your feelings and feeling anything besides, you know, control or right grip. You know, mm-hmm. um, so exploring those things called feelings, which impact our experience or my experience, I should say, um, is a huge part of that. Right for me. Yeah, I think about how many times you know in the process of trying to coach my kids around acknowledging their feelings, validating their feelings. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe 10 minutes later I get annoyed about something, you know, Mm. step on a Lego and suddenly you're, you're (laughs) yelling and you're like, Oh, daddy's having a hard time with his feelings too. And then you can model that. Um, like, yep. Even grownups are still working on their feelings. It's always a work in progress. Um, and it's always fine to feel the feelings, right? But we do strive to, react to those feelings in ways that are more constructive. Um, And I, as I said earlier, I think that like patience for me, cultivating that patience with my children has like had positive spillovers into cultivating patience Mm. with my team um, and vice versa, right? In ways that are 
are mutually reinforcing. If you think about it, like we, we tend to fear what we don't understand, right? And so if like I can't actually connect with my own feelings of insecurity or nervousness or fear or whatever it is, and if I see that in my kid, I'm not going to be able to tolerate that. I'm going to be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. I want to shut it down and close it down. If I see that in a colleague who I'm trying to help them prepare for something and they're nervous and I'm uncomfortable with nervousness, I'm going to try to shut that down and like push through it and not really help them grow and right. give myself a chance to be a witness to that and supportive of that oh, and compassionate about that's that. That's powerful. Yeah. So the work is internal. <laughs> it absolutely is internal. <laughs> Yeah. Heal thyself, right? Yeah. So the second theme we wanted to talk about <laughs> is around setting clear and healthy boundaries, right? There's a lot of benefits to that. Um, <laughs> sometimes those benefits can be counterintuitive. <clears throat> can you tell me about a time where you had to say no? I like to think of, you know, William Urey's work on this. He has this idea of the positive no. You're saying no to the request, but yes to the person. Um, And I think that's a useful framing for both parent-child relationships as well as, you know, workplace relationships. Yeah. You know, when I think about this, uh, maybe it's, I didn't think so much about boundaries. Maybe that's because that's not a strong suit of mine, Um, but uh, it's a work in progress, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought about the way that, you know, when there's perceived conflict, one of the tools that we can use is to kind of reimagine the the priority. What's the goal that we're looking for? If you want something uh, and I want feel like I want something different, where's the Venn diagram that shows the overlap of what we both want, and how can we re- how can we work together and collaborate on that? So I learned actually from Work Wisdom this tool of sit, imagine yourself sitting next to someone as opposed to across the table from mm-hmm. someone when you're negotiating. Um, the across the table is about conflict. I can only win if you lose. You can only win if I lose. Let's fight, basically. And the collaborative approach is more like, how do I get to say yes to what's important to you without having to say no about what's important to me? Can we, can I work with you to figure out what does a yes that works for you and me look like? Mm-hmm. So to do that, I have to be curious about what you care about. I have to put myself, my ego sort of aside for a moment and not think about this sort of zero sum engagement and really think about how do we both, how do I honor what's important mm-hmm. to you? First, I have to understand it, then help you see it in the context of the parameters that I have to work with and live with. If it's the work side, budget, timeline, whatever mm-hmm. it is, those are real things too. Yeah. Uh, as are, if you're a client and you're a designer, for example, your expectations, your reputation, you know, your client's expectations, et cetera, et cetera folding all this all together. And so on the home front, it's like my kid wants to feel safe and seek pleasure. You know, like mm-hmm. these are kid things that you will do. And how do I, and I want to get to um, the, the doctor's appointment on time. You know, that's important to me. Right. Like how do I reimagine my priorities to, to honor what's important to that kid? I can't just control it and change it. I have to think of a, what's a yes for yes. you. And what choices can she still make where yes. she feels empowered within that totally. parameter that you set? Absolutely. Yeah, that's really powerful. I think there's a, one of my favorite exercises in the authentic communication workbook from Work Wisdom is when you ask the person that you're talking to, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And you're asking them three times. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that's going to help cultivate in them the ability to voice truly what's their deepest principle. And, and I had mm. a experience with a colleague um, early on and they were looking ahead towards a retirement and they were thinking a lot about 
legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the transition more from an operational standpoint, right? Uh, yeah. And so like asking those three questions. And so it's like, okay, within this, we're, we actually are going to be on the same side of yeah. the seat here, uh, the same side of the table working towards that goal that could be mutually reinforcing. And it's the same thing, you know, with the kids. It's like mm. verbalizing what I'm hearing them tell me of what they want. Right seems to like take some of the energy out of whatever the struggle was, right? Yeah. You really want to go to the playground. Sure. We can't go to the playground right now, mm-hmm. but here's what we can do, you know, or when we will. Like there's you know, a path that they can still see to getting what they want. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is the thing that's so uh, powerful that you said is this idea that we're, we're teammates and we are – striving for the same things we just have to approach it in ways that might be a little bit different but it doesn't mean that we're fighting over it doesn't mean that we're as far apart as maybe it first seemed right and you know that i think what the example you just gave is like you can like now see your kid and your kid feels seen or your colleague felt seen and validated in what they wanted not brushed aside you know and how else do we want to be besides to feel seen and known Mm -hmm. you know that's like what an affirming experience that can be and the opposite can be really a tool to shut you down and like right. cause conflict. Frankly. Right. Yeah. Thanks for that. So I think the one that I'm most excited about uh, is our, our fun part, <laughs> the power of play, right? Mm. So um, I'm sure many of us have seen on Instagram cute videos of baby goats or lion <laughs> cubs or you name it. Uh, mammals are kind of hardwired to play. It's yeah how we learn valuable survival skills, right? And truly, it's the main job that a kid has. I think there's a tendency in our society to try to over-program kids, right? But the thing they really should be able to do well mm-hmm. in those early years is just play, all kinds of creative play. Yeah. Um, but I think as grown-ups, we sort of forget that play is important for us too, right? Mm-hmm. And that there's <laughs> this creative spark that you can bring into leadership, um, especially you know here, 2023, we have all lived through this uh, profound experience of the pandemic, um, and I think play is part of the you know, recipe for how we collectively heal. So mm. you're in the live entertainment business, right? Yes. It's, you bring these extraordinary experiences to life uh, for people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think play is important to adults? <laughs> uh, play. Um, so play is the is you know, using that term broadly, right? Anything that's not, um, something that you do for its own sake, maybe is another way that I think about it, not as a tool or as a mechanism to get the next thing, um, is a way that I differentiate play. So play could be, you know, art, it could be drawing, it could be playing music, it could be, um, again, anything that you kind of do for its own sake, going for a walk in the woods. And to me, that there's a bunch of things that happen there. You know, the walk in the woods, you get to connect with a sense of awe and wonder, get outside of your own sort of head about your to-do list and your task list, which I'm not a scientist here, but I understand does things to your body, your actual chemistry. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about expectations and how you're gonna fulfill them, the sort of stress that happens in your life um, in, your, in your actual body, that changes the way you see the world. You know, in the entertainment business, as you reference, it's, it seems like it's all fun and games on the outside, but it's a ton of work. And it's no doubt. super stressful, deadline-driven work. 
And so it's easy to get in this mindset of scarcity. Like mm. there's never enough time and there's never enough budget and there's never enough resources to do it the way you would if you could. So you have to like, f you get the chance to be creative and design and execute things that are right size for that. But it's also, you might also view that as a negative, like there's not enough, there's not enough. Mm -hmm. And that can seep into your mindset and your worldview. And so play is a way to disconnect from that pressure of the next deliverable, the next expectation, um, and let your sort of nervous system kind of de-escalate for a little while. Uh, and I was, you know, we were talking earlier about this weekend for me and being a having a chance to step away um, on some vacation time and really let nervous system settle down mm -hmm. and enjoy the beauty parts of life because yeah. they are there too, right. you know, in the midst of all the hard work that we're all doing. Um, and kids, as you reference, get to do that and they are, are supposed to learn this. This is like a key thing. It's supposed to be really good at it. And as parents, I think when we recognize how important it is for our kids, maybe we think it's not important for us on our own, but when we get to do it with them yeah. and we teach them that this is actually valuable, I'm your caregiver, I'm your sort of role model for how life is supposed to unfold apparently as your parent, mm -hmm. which is frightening and full <laughs> of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but you get to sit down and you know put your phone away for 20 minutes or whatever it is and That's just play. Critical. Screen's got to go away. Right. That Put the distraction away. Connection. Totally. Yeah. Let them know that they are the priority. Their enjoyment. They're feeling connected, and that connection is is the whole thing. Um, it's such a beautiful way to, to have that connection with your with mm -hmm. your kid. No, I love that. Yeah, I can tell you. Uh, before becoming a dad, dance parties with Alexa were not uh, <laughs> part of the routine, and now it happens like three times a week oh, i love it the girls like to do dance battles too. what's your dance party go or dance battle go to oh, have they love dancing playlist? in the dark by rihanna oh, nice. <laughs> i've probably heard it three billion times this year but <laughs> they love it it's like dinner and a show every night mm. uh, but it's a that connection uh just kind of fills everybody's tank for the transition to to the bedtime process oh, so that's awesome i love that so let's think back to our buddy bandit from Bluey. Mm -hmm. He had this plan. Supposed to be a five-minute errand. Get the takeout, bring it home, have dinner. Um, hmm. Totally derailed. But uh, at the end of the day, maybe that was one of those core memories for his daughters, right? Yeah. That they were able to have this wild, fun time with the, the hose at, at the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> um, so if we want to take Bandit's example... How can we better accept uncertainty and hopefully cultivate a tolerance for incomplete to-do lists, <laughs> for the messiness, especially the messiness of, of living with children, but the messiness of, of life in general? Next question, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what an awesome lesson there. Uh, and I have to just give the hugest shout out to my wife, Erin, who's taught me so much of this. Uh, you know, I came wired to or learned to expect certain things as a parent. Um, and most of th those things are, are projections of my own sense of, you know, what's okay. Uh, and so like, you know, oh, we had craft time. Now we must clean up the craft time. Uh, I remember as a young parent, like cringing as my daughter dumped the Legos out. 
Like, what's the problem? <laughs> you know, it takes me literally Pick one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> what's the fun in that? <laughs> oh my god, it takes me like literally one minute to clean up the Legos. One uh-huh. sixty second period. But I was like, no, do you have to? You know, and stressing about all that was just, um, you know, my own problems, not my daughter's problems. Right. And so being able to let go of that and put some of that down even just for 20 minutes at a time um, allowed me to be with her and connect with her and actually have that fun realizing you know in the big picture that i i have no control over what's happening on a daily basis i can Mm -hmm. as you said earlier i can only respond and that's where i get to have control with lowercase c i think (laughs) uh, and what i'm putting in my input is what i have influence over not what comes out of it right and if I can remember that right, that relationship and stay in that relationship uh, without feeling disappointed or mad or any of those of those feelings and responses to it, then I can actually be there and be present and enjoy those moments like this beautiful memory for these kids in this awesome episode of this awesome show. Right. I mean, it, it's so real. Right. It's all and it's available if I can get out of my own head and recognize that it's not about. Uh, this moment with my kid is not about me getting to the next four things on my to-do list on time. It's not about the perfectly hot takeout dinner or whatever right. it is. Uh, it's every moment's an opportunity to either build connection or to threaten ah, connection. Love that. And whether that's at work with your coworkers or your clients or whomever or your kids, it's all the same. Like every single interaction is an opportunity. And it's just a matter of what, I, what headspace I'm in right. to deal with it. Oh, to be that's present. powerful. It's mm-hmm. like adding connection or taking away connection. I think that's so true. Mm. Part of it, I think, is some level of grace for ourselves as well. Yeah. Like, think about something you and I have talked about a lot and with our kids is this important of modeling repair, right? Yeah. Dr. Beck Kennedy talks a lot about that. And Big it's time. a very powerful tool. Like, of course, we're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But we have a chance to... Re- to restore that connection that might have been lost when we were impatient or we lost our cool or maybe we didn't handle it exactly the way that we had hoped we would. Um, but that's a, a lesson we're imparting too. It's like, yep, grownups make mistakes and grownups apologize and mm. grownups remind you that we care about you, we love you, we want you to feel safe. Um, but do we do that for ourselves so much? Probably not. No. I I'm no, I'm probably my toughest critic, yeah. but I think that's something that we should remember too. It's like, we're not going to get better at accepting the mess and the uncertainty unless we can also get better at saying, Mm. Hey, you're okay. You're a good parent. You're a good leader. You, you made a mistake. We all make mistakes. We have a chance again to to strive for better. That is huge. Uh, that is huge. Remembering that you're a good parent who's having a bad day Mm -hmm. or a good employee who's having a bad day or a good leader who's having a bad day, not a bad leader, a bad parent, bad Bad employee, bad anything. Yeah. Yep. That's a, yeah, that's a beautiful message. We have this, uh, silly song in my family that we sing. Well, I should say my wife and I sing and my daughter rolls her eyes (laughs) every time. And the lyrics are just, the parents aren't perfect. Parents try hard and they mess up sometimes. I love that. It's just a goofy song. And, Rowan would be so mad if she knew I was talking about it, but she hates the song and she rolls her eyes, but it's just so true. Yeah, but I bet it lands for her. It lands. And yep. it, I mean, even if it doesn't for her, it's important for me and mm-hmm. for Aaron to remember that, man, we're not going to get it right every time. I love that. Yeah. It's well, huge. I'm going to borrow that if you don't I'll, I'll sing it for you later. Yeah. I'll make a record. That's great. <laughs> well, Joey, thank you for your responses. 
mm-hmm. uh, as always, so thoughtful. Um, quick recap for our listeners. You know, one of the things that I think that transition from um, not having kids to having kids has really raised for you is mm-hmm. this degree of self-awareness and maybe where some of your uh, pain points were recognition that you don't have control really over anything beyond your personal reaction. And mm-hmm. even then that's, you know, something we're always working on um, yeah. that there is this uh, really powerful um, idea around boundaries. That's about looking for mutual wins. That's mm-hmm. seeing your person you're in relationship, whether that's a colleague or your child or your co-parent as partners, Mm -hmm. uh, not as uh, people who are truly in uh, conflict with one another. And Mm -hmm. so you're striving to find that mutual ground where both parties feel validated, if both parties feel like they're getting closer to what they were hoping for. That we all need play. Grown-ups need play just as much as kids. And we got to do it. And sometimes play is going to look different. Maybe it's a, a walk in nature. Um, or maybe it's a dinner dance party. Or maybe it's both. Whatever your thing <laughs> is, just make sure you're taking dance a look at it. Dance parties in nature. Yeah. <laughs> and try to infuse that uh, levity with your team as well, uh, yes. as in addition to your family. Um, and lastly, embrace the mess. And you can do that by sort of shifting the value they have. Like mm-hmm. you used to value the orderliness and now yeah. you value this chance for connection with your kid. Yes. Adding connection is the value you choose instead of uh, something that's more rigid that perhaps takes away connection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's right. I'm so grateful to you for being part of this movement to help others in the workplace enhance their individual and collective team performance. Thank Thanks. you. Go ahead. I was just going to say thank you. <laughs> Thanks for, ha- no. for having this conversation and for inviting me to it. Yeah. I always, always learn so much from our conversations Same. and having a chance to share it with the listeners is uh, icing on the cake. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners for downloading The Behaviorists and we hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Productions. Ask questions and suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with a quote. This one comes from a beautiful book I bought before my youngest was born. It's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Mackesy. We have such a long way to go, sighed the boy. Yes, but look how far we've come, said the horse. Mm -hmm.